Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one bestseller, The Code Breaker. Are you sick and tired of the medical merry-go-round? Are you looking for a potential solution to your health problem? Be sure and listen to our podcast, The Code Breaker. Here we go. Welcome in on a Friday. It's the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. Always glad that you are with me. And a beautiful Friday. The weather should be good this weekend for a more open baseball experience for you. So the game tonight is going to be a little chilly. Going to be a little chilly in Oxford tonight. You've got the mid-40s at first pitch. Um, But let's be honest, mid-40s, it's not so bad. If you know they're coming, you can bundle up and enjoy your baseball. Tomorrow in Oxford, 57 and sunny. That is just fine. And then Sunday, 63 and sunny. So a great weekend ahead for baseball and uh, a an expanded attendance. So we talked about it on Wednesday some. The governor's order um, basically got rid of the limit on outdoor gatherings. Pretty much just kind of ended that. And I told you on Wednesday, do not expect to go to 100% right away because, you know, I talked to people and stuff like that, and that's what they said was coming. Well, it turns out that is exactly true. However, it's going to be a significant increase. If you bought season tickets, you guys know this already, uh, but season ticket holders that bought before February 1st, the deadline, uh, their tickets are being honored this weekend. Left field is going back to normal. And I forgive me for putting words into Keith Carter's mouth. I don't mean to do that, but he was asked about the right field, the student section, and he said that they will double the number of students that they let in. And when he was asked about, you know, what is that number? What was the previous number? He would not give an answer. And that told me that basically it's like a y'all come situation. Now, I'm sure they have a number in mind, a limit in mind, but if left field is wide open or back to normal, if every season ticket holder that wants to or that bought before February 1st is allowed to go and you put an ambiguous, um, yeah, it's going to be double number on right field. That strikes me as a y'all come type situation. So uh, the, the hope is, at least uh, when I saw this, the first thing I thought of uh, was quite simply, I hope that this goes well so football can be wide open. That was the reluctance. That was kind of the genesis of the reluctance from the the league office was, I mean, we really don't want to, um, we really don't want to screw up because as much as some of our programs love baseball, um, it's just not on, um, on their level of importance. I mean, a handful of programs like it, but at the league office, it's all about football. They want football to go well. So there was a little bit, um, uh, of reluctance to just let Ole Miss and State go wide open, on top of the fact that it's um, it's just really hard to just go from twenty five to one hundred percent. There's so many logistics involved and security and concessions, people and stuff like that. So this was the the expected approach. This is the one uh, that makes the most sense. I uh, expect by SEC play it will be one hundred percent wide open give them a few weeks to just figure everything out, but it's a significant upgrade for sure that every season ticket holder that bought before February 1st can go and the outfields are going to look and be as normal as they can be. It's a really good step in the right direction. My thought, of course, first was with football. 
I just hope it goes well. I hope everything stays on this uh, trajectory so um, we can have normal football this year. I mean, that's what their priority is. That's where it should be, and that's what I'm hoping for. So knock on wood, I'm glad you guys get to go to your baseball game this weekend. At least I hope uh, that you guys get a chance to go with the weather and everything being opened up again, and the team deserves the atmosphere that they would have gotten in a normal year, and maybe they'll get that here soon. So you can enjoy that this weekend, but a couple of things on the basketball front for you as we move along today. But first, I want to remind you, number one, don't forget to check out the morning stream, the live stream on my YouTube page, or just search my name, um, or on Periscope or Facebook. Uh, every morning, 8 o'clock, give that, uh, give that a look, give that a listen, follow me on all those channels, and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast as well, wherever you get them, and leave a rating and a review. And also, the show, brought to you by LBs just across from Kroger on University Avenue. I already gave you the weather update. Again, it is going to be... Perfect for grilling and baseball and get that started at LB's just across from Kroger University Avenue right there in Oxford. Go by and see Greg. Tell him we sent you get one of his daily lunch specials. Those are Monday through Friday, but they are open seven days a week. So in case you, uh, you know, you want to go to the park, but you forgot your meat there, you go LB's open on Sunday as well. uh, All seven days a week. Tell Greg we sent you. All right, first of all, this is more of a public service announcement than anything else. Um, It's time to start paying attention to your women's women's basketball team. And uh, I'm not naive. I I know that, one, you are a football state and school. And also, uh, you know, baseball and men's basketball are steps ahead of women's basketball. I'm not telling you to suddenly just like invest all your time and money and stuff. I know where the priorities are, and I know the pecking order. I'm not going to try to convince you to turn into Mississippi State fans and pack out the pavilion every night the women play. But what is happening with your program is a significant step in the right direction. And it's worth paying attention to now. We haven't covered it much. Uh, we don't cover it much here on this podcast. We we don't do it much on the radio show. And quite simply, it's because the program hasn't really given us a reason to. I mean, they've won. They started the NCAA mess years ago uh, that got football caught up in the crosshairs of that. And, um, and the teams have been bad. They caused NCAA trouble. And like I said, it's not high on the totem bowl. It is, it's just kind of low in the order of importance. So we haven't really covered it all that often, but it's time to start paying attention because uh, just take this example. I mean, I just mentioned that Mississippi state fans really care about their women's basketball team. They are, I mean, Vic Schaefer was making an unbelievable salary when he left to take the Texas job. The fans care. I mean, you should see our text line. I mean, every time they lose, people are mad. And they they fill up the arena when COVID's not a thing. They really care about women's basketball. And last year, this time last year, the Ole Miss women's team went to Starkville and lost by 41 points, if I remember correctly. 41 points this time last year. This year, while Mississippi State still did get the better of Ole Miss – It was a four-point game, one that Ole Miss had a chance to win back in January. Right now, yesterday, Ole Miss beat Arkansas, the number 13 team 
in the country in the SEC tournament. So they're still alive today playing Tennessee tonight. And if you look at the resumes, Ole Miss's resume is objectively better than Mississippi State's, although they're in the last four in and Ole Miss is like number one in the first four out. So a win tonight probably gets Ole Miss in the tournament. And Mississippi State got beat yesterday by LSU, I think, so they're out. So what a difference one year makes when State loses Vic Schaefer, but it's still a program that should be a lot better than they are. They beat Ole Miss by 40-plus points last year. And this year, Ole Miss is still in the SEC tournament after State got eliminated, and their resumes, Ole Miss is better than Mississippi State's. It is, I mean, what a difference a year makes. It is crazy that that is going on here in this state right now. Uh, It's hard to fathom because those people, Mississippi State people care. They really care about women's basketball. And they are very invested in women's basketball. Ole Miss is not. I know Keith Carter's a basketball guy, and he's not the type to, to mail in programs, so he expects to win from his women's team. But it's not the same. You guys don't care as much. Even if they're good, you haven't really cared as much. But Coach Yo has recruited extremely well. Um, honestly, unfathomably well. And I think they've got a signing period coming up where they expect her to possibly get another five-star. I mean, she's recruiting unbelievably well. And, I mean, it's, it's funny and entertaining and engaging on social media. I, I mean, I know, again, I know it's not football, it's not baseball, it's not men's hoops, but right now, the trajectory that your women's program is on is something that I would encourage you guys to pay attention to. Because if you if you follow Coach O or if you pay attention to her or hear her interviews and stuff like that, she's a very good representation of your school. Um, people like her nationally, like in the women's college basketball or women's basketball world. Like She's a respected name and personality. People like her. But listen to an interview of hers. Or, or watch like some of the season, just one episode or, or whatever. Just find videos of her. You'll end up really liking her, I think. She's really engaging, just a really good personality and a good representation of your school. And she took a program that was an absolute dumpster fire. I mean, a dumpster fire. More so than what Matt Luke took over, even. Seriously. And uh, in, in more so than what Lane Kiffin took over. I mean, it was a dumpster fire. Uh, uh, the program was in awful shape. 75% of the roster transferred out. And of course, there's no real give a damn or invest. I mean, you guys don't really care. And she took that and is recruiting well. And now they're winning games and they're competitive and they're they're very, very young as a team. I mean, you, you look at their roster and, and points totals and stuff. They're very young and they've still battled with injuries. I mean, the last couple of years, they've been decimated by injuries. And yet here they are. They beat the number 13 team in the country yesterday, and they they have Tennessee tonight. And Tennessee's a team they lost to by one point in Knoxville earlier this year. Tennessee's number 14 in the country. Ole Miss right now has more quadrant one wins than Mississippi State, and for some reason, doesn't make any sense, um, Ole Miss is in the first four out when Mississippi State's in the last four in. But we don't need to make it about the Egg Bowl. They are right there on the edge of the bubble. And a win tonight will put them in the NCAA tournament. And if you'd have told Coach Yo and, and Keith Carter that, hey, this short into her tenure, 
they're going to make the tournament or even be on the bubble, they wouldn't have believed you. Like, no shot. This was a multi-year rebuild. I mean, like I said, program just an absolute dumpster fire. And yet, here they are. It's it's really remarkable um, what she's been able to do. At all. I mean, it really is. I mean, she was named the head coach in 2018. So here we are in 2021. Um, and she's about to make the tournament, possibly make the tournament. It's remarkable. And uh, I think, um, I just think you guys should start paying attention because you've got a really good coach right now um, that's doing really right by you guys. So for whatever that's worth to you, um, she's doing a really good job and recruiting at a really high level. And uh, like I said before, I mean, just a really engaging personality, good representation uh, of your school, in my opinion, for sure. If you haven't checked them out, check them out. And uh, they play tonight. I think it's, um, yeah, you can watch on TV as well tonight, too. So I would encourage you to check that out. But uh, anyway, on the men's side, you had some news. Sean Robinson has entered the transfer portal. And uh, that is a day after we learned that Hadim C has uh, has left the team uh, we learned that Demencio Vaughn uh, has left the team. Uh, Romello White, we learned yesterday from Kermit Davis, will not return to Ole Miss, nor will Devontae Shuler. Uh, a lot of people expect there to be a couple more um, transfers or processing, if you will. And there's a couple of ways you can look at it. One, you can look at it as, oh, it's just typical roster turnover, no big deal. This is what you're supposed to do. But also you can look at it, in a negative way. I think the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. In modern college basketball, there is, uh, I mean, the transfer portal is just such an important thing now, and players are, are are leaving places and teams are putting together rosters based on transfers and stuff far more common now. But also, if you look at the last three seasons, and that's all we have to go by, really, um, they have poorly evaluated high school talent so far. Poorly talent in general. When you look at the best players on the last three Ole Miss teams, none of them have been Kermit David got Kermit Davis guys. Now I'm not saying that it's always going to be like this at all. I mean Lane Kiffin's best players are not Lane Kiffin guys. Right? So I mean Elijah Moore was not recruited by Lane Kiffin, nor was Matt Corral, nor was Jerry Neely. So you know that's not entirely fair to say, well, Kermit Davis just fails as an evaluator because we've only had three years, but um, his best players in the last three years have been one Romello White's a transfer who's only been in the program for a year. And then Devontae Shuler, who's not a Kermit guy, Brian Tyree, who's not a Kermit guy, and Terrence Davis, who's not a Kermit guy. And then when you're having more roster turnover, um, more guys that haven't panned out that he recruited. I mean, even transfers that didn't really pan out. It, it it should make you wonder. Now, I'm not, again, just like I've said all season long, I'm not saying that it's over. I'm not saying that he needs to be fired. I'm not, I'm not doing that right now. That's just a really premature conversation. But there's another thing you've got to raise your eyebrow about. The roster of the team is going to look entirely different next season again. And it needs to work. 
I mean, even Jarkel Joyner, the transfer, is a guy that there's a reason maybe the in-state schools here didn't recruit him. It's a 6'1 guard that doesn't make outside shots. And in today's college, in t- today's basketball, your guards have to make shots. And now, I mean, what's what's the team going to look like next year? I know they've recruited well, but is a freshman, is that really who you're going to lean on to be the guy that's the difference next season? I mean, I guess they have to hit the transfer market again, possibly. Um, it's just worth paying attention to. There is some natural roster turnover. And in basketball, um, the transfer portal is is a thing that people rely on. And that's worth noting. Uh, So it's not exclusively bad. But right now, this program could have evaluated better than it has so far. Doesn't mean that's how it's always going to be. But right now, that's a question. Evaluation within that program hadn't been good so far. Doesn't mean it's the end of the world, but the team's going to look very, 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 very different next year. Completely different. Again, it needs to work. Because if it looks like this again next season, the pressure is going to mount. It is. Because you didn't move on from Andy Kennedy to get Andy Kennedy results. It's not a tournament or bust thing. I never buy into that. I don't like that. Because there's so many factors uh, that are involved here. But the team needs to they need to look better. Not only were they inconsistent, but it was tough to watch. It's not a, a great product at the moment. Um, so it's got to look better. And he knows that it's not, I mean, this is not anything profound and I mean, Kermit Davis knows that and he's a good enough coach to where he can correct that. I believe that. I don't think it's time. I have, I've talked to a few people, you know, just friends that are like, man, we, we should move on. Like he's past his prime. It's over for him. I don't think so. I mean, there's, there's no reason to believe that right now, but there are questions about offense, consistency and evaluating. It's got to get better. It does. And, um, you know, we'll see if they can close well. The tournament, I mean, it's not a conversation unless they can get to Sunday, really. I mean, maybe Saturday we can we can have that. But it'll be another year where they miss the tournament. And probably, if they do miss the tournament, likely not playing in the NIT since the field has been cut in half. Um, next year, though, there will be some pressure. There should be. And it has to work because this uh, is not good enough right now. And that's okay. It's. I still think you've got a guy that can win at Ole Miss. I, I do. I believe that. But they're in a hole right now. I think he's a good enough coach to dig himself out, but they are in a hole right now. And that is undeniable. That is just simply undeniable. Three Ole Miss players are going to be in the Combine, by the way, which is always good. If you get invited to the Combine, you're getting drafted. I mean, I, I think there's no doubt about that. Elijah Moore, Royce Newman, and Kenny Yeboah. 
Uh, I think Royce Newman could be a guy that when you look up in a few years uh, is still like starting somewhere in the NFL and a really good NFL player. Uh, he's not getting first round buzz, but I, he's he strikes me as a guy that can be that. Um, we'll see about Elijah Moore. It's all about fit. And I wonder how he's going to test. I saw somebody that does draft evaluations. It was one of these draft websites. There's a thousand of them now that said Elijah Moore is a good athlete, but a raw route runner. And I, I just, I wanted to reach out to the guy and send him an email and say like, Hey man, you should actually watch Elijah Moore. Like watch him. Because if that's your criticism of Elijah Moore, you haven't watched him. Because there's no set of eyes, none, that can watch him play and see raw route runner. None. That's what separates him. He is a very good athlete. He's great in space. He catches the football. He's got great hands, but his routes are the difference. That's why at his size, he's able to get open so often against bigger athletic corners. Because he's a great route runner. It's all about fit with him, though. It's, I mean, some teams are going to look at the size and just say, no, thanks. Uh, it'll just depend on need and stuff. I've seen some mocks have him up late in the first round and others all the way down into the third. So um, he's an interesting case study for sure. Um, I would take him. Because look at the NFL right now. For every DK Metcalf, there's Tyreek Hill. You don't have to be a big-bodied receiver to be an effective player. Not in the NFL. If you run Chris Browse and you catch the football, they'll find you. There's too many examples of that uh, to have teams turn him away, but that's going to happen. Um, and then Yeboah is a fascinating case study for me. Because when you're talking about just ability to catch the football, athleticism, he's got it in spades. He's got the athletic ability, the raw ability to be uh, an effective NFL tight end. But the problem is, in the NFL, as a tight end, you're expected to block and be physical. And if I were an NFL team, I'd be, I mean, it's a red flag. You watch the back half of that season, and physicality just wasn't there. So are you really going to pick a guy to play tight end in your system that can catch the football, that's athletic enough, that almost looked afraid of contact? I don't know. I don't know. He's certainly athletic enough to do it, but you got to be physical in the NFL. And I don't, I did not see that this year at all, not even a little. Didn't see it. So we shall see. Interested to see those performances, though. When that actually happens, of course, we will bring that, uh, we will bring that to you in one way or another. But uh, anyway, watch your uh, women's hoops team tonight. They're playing for something, man. I mean, this is a, a win and they're in type game with Tennessee tonight. So check it out. Um, I'm going to. And it'll be the first game of theirs I watched from start to finish this year. So you should, too. Enjoy your baseball this weekend. Uh, Ole Miss was able to get right this week in their two midweek games and just kind of beat Blester opponents into the ground, which is nice. And maybe they can do that this weekend as well. You got basketball in Vanderbilt. I mean, you know, if they lose, it doesn't matter. If they win, they still have to get to Sunday, I think. Either way, all of that going on this weekend. And uh, glad you guys were with me. Uh, watch the stream every morning, Monday through Friday. Check out the Sunday show. And, uh, of course, keep listening to this. Um, 
I'm everywhere. You can't escape me. But uh, until next time, you guys have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you on Monday. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.